and welcome back to the Catch Kate podcast. This week we are on episode number 23 and we have arrived in Peru and we are going to explore the famous beautifully coloured Rainbow Mountain uh, located near Cusco and also Machu Picchu. So Peru is like a massive country um, and you know again it's not something that can be done overnight but if you are in one area such as Cusco which is a really big uh, tourist hotspot um, there's loads of hikes around there and sacred valleys and all of that but again like Peru has 28 of the 32 climates that that exist and it's phenomenal in terms of like diversity you know you have jungles desert the amazon rainforest um the pacific coast it's just it's got everything and super high altitudes so a lot of the biodiversity or species that inhabit would be specifically adapted to that kind of uh, high altitude or climate um so yeah we will have a look around peru today and i hope you enjoyed bolivia last week and it's going to kind of link up together as that is where I flew in from and started my adventures. Um, also been doing loads of bee work so I'll talk a bit about that and of course uh, the environmental bits and how we can all help our beautiful planet. Um, and again thank you as always to my patrons who support the podcast I don't have a sponsor, um, so for me, the Patreon is a way to support and, um, yeah, contribute to my work. So I hope you are enjoying, and if you are, please consider supporting via Patreon. Any questions, you can ask me, and it is very, very, very much appreciated, and a fantastic way of giving back um, if you are getting something from my message. So let's get going on the adventures. So last week we were in um, the Uni Salt Desert um, in Bolivia at a very high altitude as well, um, about like 5,000 meters above sea level. So yeah, really high up. And I had decided to, uh, as you know, make my way to the Galapagos. So on my journey along I wanted to stop in the most beautiful natural wonders and and yeah world wonders and UNESCO sites um, as many as I could so my first stop was Rainbow Mountain and it was quite the adventure how I ended up there so I flew into Cusco um, as well like bus journeys in these locations due to the high altitudes the mountainous terrain like you could be on a bus for days and days and days. Um, so yeah, you kind of just, as I said previously, like, you know, at the start of my trip, I could do that. I could go on a bus for days, <laughs> but towards the end, running out of uh, energy, um, it was just, it was too exhausting, like to go on a bus for four days, you know, without proper sleep and stuff like that. Um, but basically and as well like when you're researching everything on your own you know it's it takes its toll but so I got into Cusco airport and I arrived in 
and the guy was uh, asking me my questions like what are you doing here how long are you staying here of course the usual I made the whole thing up I had no idea I never had a departure flight um, but the funny thing was you know in some of these countries they'd be like oh you need a departure flight you need this you need this you need to prove this but I don't know if I got lucky or was it the passport or what but like they never bothered me like they were never like show us when you're leaving or you know people were always like welcome to our country and we hope you have a beautiful stay and stay as kind of stay as long as you want like they had no issue but I suppose they know you're supporting the economy like tourism is such a big thing you know and a lot of these communities have crashed you know um so yeah I guess they trust in a way but yes we got in and I was there at the uh, airport entrance trying to arrange a taxi to get to my Airbnb. So I'd booked out a one bedroom Airbnb. Um, I couldn't seem to find a couch surf in Cusco. It was just so big, so vast. And some of the places were just so far out of the city. Um, but yeah, I did in the end after a bit. But what I did first was I went to this Airbnb and it was lovely. Um, the most beautiful family um, but what happened at the airport it was so funny so I was there anyway bartering taxis and I was like I was going to get an Uber and then I was speaking Spanish and this Chinese couple overheard me and they came over to me and they were like you know do you speak you speak Spanish and um, blah 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 and I said I do yes I'm just trying to get a taxi I was like would you like do you want me to help you Um because I guess it might have looked funny like you know because I was a backpacker and I guess I stood out maybe because of my hair colour um, you know and speaking Spanish then like many times people like asked me for help and I would help them and, and it was great it was a great exchange because I would help them with translation and then they would help me like as in kind of look after me you know or, or we'd make a group which is great when you're alone Um, but this Chinese couple they kind of they just kind of said, look, what are you doing? Would you help us out? And I said, no bother, no bother at all. So I basically bartered us a taxi. We decided to take the taxi together. Then on the way in, we were going into Cusco City and we drove to their hotel first. Uh, I was a bit nervous, all right, like with the taxis, cause I don't know, I just felt a bit nervous about them cause there was so many reports of things going wrong. So yeah, I was a bit nervous, so it was good to be with them. And they, they brought me up to their hotel. They were staying in um like a five-star hotel. And like I went in with them to their hotel, like and I had to look at their room and like the views from their hotel and we got water and it was so hot in, in Peru. Like I was like, oh my god. So we immediately like I needed like a couple of bottles of water and it was in a like I was like, oh my god, imagine staying in a hotel like this. I couldn't believe it. But in the end then they were like to me what are you doing today and I was like oh like I mean not much really and and they were like would you like to come with us um uh, we're gonna go at the ta we're gonna ask like we want to ask the taxi man to bring us to Rainbow Mountain um you want to come and like basically I would do the translating because the taxi driver had no um English so I said yeah no bothers so it ended up being such a funny like my plan after the salt desert was like you know and 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 the next morning like I had got up at 5 a.m to get to Peru and like 
I was like, oh, I can't wait to get to my Airbnb that I've booked like one bedroom for me and have a good sleep and rejuvenate. And next thing I found myself in a five star hotel with a couple I didn't even know being offered like a tour just to do like the translation services. So I was kind of like, uh, okay. So I was just winging it. And yeah, so I went out to the taxi man and I was like, look, they want to go to Rainbow Mountain. How much does it cost? Da, 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 da. So he was like a hundred dollars um, there and back. The journey was about like an hour and a bit, I think an hour and a half. And like we left really late, like, you know, it was definitely about midday, Do you know, compared to a lot of the buses that would go out, they'd go out for the morning and you'd go up and down, you know, but like we were going out really late and yeah, it was crazy. So we drove out there anyway and I just remember the heat in the car because coming from Bolivia when it was like minus six, I was like, whoa, it was so hot, like change of clothes, which grab like even on the journey, I was like, can you stop the car so I can then get bottles of water again? Um, because you know as well the plane dehydrate you get dehydrated on the plane so yeah and I didn't even know how I'd get to my Airbnb that night like my, my host thought I was coming in the day so like but anyway we went with it we winged it and the whole journey I was kind of just translating between Spanish and English between the couple and the driver but I was just really happy that like I could help and like I wanted to go to Rainbow Mountain anyway so it ended up being super like just convenient and really worked well for everybody but we got out to Rainbow Mountain and we were all pretty hungry. So we stopped in a restaurant before we walked up, which I don't know, having a, we had a big, huge meal. And like when we were in having the meal, like we were looking at everybody who had come off the mountain and we still had to go up. And like it was hitting like one o'clock now, two. Oh my God, it was so funny. And I was kind of like, what are we even doing? But anyway, uh, this couple, they didn't, ha- they only had like two or three, four, three or four days in Cusco. Like, so they were really like just... You know, they were living in the US, so they only had like their two week holiday or whatever. So they were really like doing a really short trip. Um, so then anyway, we had our meal and then we hurried on up to the base of the mountain and they were like to me, let's get a horse. And I was like, I don't need a horse. I'll walk up. And then after they were like, get a horse, get a horse. And I was like, I don't want a horse. <laughs> they kept convincing me to get a horse. I was like, I don't want a horse. But anyway, in the end, anyway, I was like. You know, because you don't know with the pricing what they'll do like. And they were like, oh, it's like, you know, $15 for the three horses or something. But in the end, like it ended up being like $15 per horse. But I kept saying, no, I don't want a horse. I want to walk. But in the end, I um, I took the horse, uh, yeah, most of the way up and then walked the last bit. But like you could really feel the altitude. Like I remember recording myself walking up and I was just like, <sighs> you know, I was I was getting really out of breath because like, again, landing into high altitude and then going up to even higher altitude, um, you know, it takes its toll on your lungs, especially if you haven't had much time to adapt. And also like because I didn't take a bus, like if you had taken a bus across the landscape and you were slowly, gradually climbing the ascent I mean your lungs would be adjusted but for me you know I flew in so yeah um but eventually we got up and it was super sunny on the way up it was beautiful weather and I just remember looking around and being like oh my god like the landscape like passing llamas alpacas and like just you know the women in their traditional 
woven clothing just super beautiful and colorful and reds and yellows and blues and the people live very much the way they've lived for centuries kind of like it's really taking a step back in time and like up the top we were like so blessed like we had the whole mountain to ourselves because it was so late in the day like it was about four o'clock or something when we got to the peak and you know there was me the couple and the man the driver the driver actually came up as well and then the one or two or one or two or three who were like leading us with the horses and they were just like chewing coca leaves like and, and, and like what I couldn't get was like it was strenuous going up right but like these people who live up there they go up that mountain like you know three four times a day or more even and I'm like whoa like they've some fitness to be doing that you know even when I think back to the one I did in Guatemala like that, that was the hardest climb I've ever done and I remember thinking like the guide was like oh I go up this twice a day I was like what and like I thought I was gonna like honestly like the way my quads and glutes were locking like my quads especially like and I, like I would be fit enough <laughs> um I I just couldn't believe like how they were doing it twice a day that time I was like whoa but like it's all how you're adapted isn't it um but yeah just amazing people with amazing set of lungs and fitness you know aptitude amazing but they they chew coca leaves all day long you know um and that's something amazing like I mentioned it last week in the Bolivia one about the coca the coca leaves from the you know originally the cocaine plant that that's actually what coca-cola is from and many people might not know that it's kind of interesting that like they export those coca leaves and um, there's a company in the US who can like harvest them and you know like basically coca-cola is derived from the cocaine plant which is kind of you know maybe people don't know and then the cola part is um that was like I'm pretty sure that was the caffeine part so it's basically like cocaine and caffeine <laughs> next time you're drinking coca-cola now you'll be like what no wonder like it sends you like up the walls well me anyway like oh my god and uh probably all the sugar as well like how many spoons of sugar like 12 or 13 spoons of sugar like drives me crazy but um really interesting and you know even like you know going back to my trip like even some places I was in Mexico or other countries even I remember in the morning I woke up one morning and somebody was trying to give me a pint of coke and I was like oh my god I'm, I'm gonna get sick if you give me that <laughs> like any orange juice please but anyway just funny so going back to the summit we were like the only people up there and we got to take in the whole mountain so like I looked up to the right hand side where all the beautiful pastel coloured of turquoise gold kind of yellowy all the minerals that are enriched in the soil and can you imagine like this mountain didn't exist before like it wasn't an attraction like these people had never had people coming up there until the snow had melted off the peaks and displayed this amazing um kind of mystical colored mountain but like it's amazing because like we could come and appreciate this but also like this is partly due to climate change like that snow if temperatures had stayed the same would have not melted and we would never know of this mountain so yeah 
it's crazy because sometimes you think of things as being amazing and stunning and and then you realize the backstory like oh like it's actually due to our consumption and our production of carbon dioxide heating the planet and displaying this gorgeous mineral colored mountain there's like 14 different colored um kind of minerals and it's amazing and and it's part of nat geo's like top 100 places to visit before you die so you should add it to the bucket list but um it is changing and i remember talking to one of the locals and they were saying that like you know it probably won't be there in the future because the minerals are being washed off um like many other things you know due to the weather um so yeah so that's why i felt as well such urgency to see the planet because you know it's changing too rapidly right now um so i would urge you if you have a desire to see anything or appreciate nature around your different species like appreciate it now and yeah because you never know you know um and you know so so many animals as well are facing extinction and even now for me like working with bees it's been just a miraculous experience to get up close and personal with the honeybee and learn about their world because these animals who are like supporting the backbone of pollination flowering plants like three quarters of our food crops which i like people are definitely not aware of this um like we need them you know there's no way like i don't think humans would survive without without them i mean how are we going to pollinate that many flowering plants it's too intricate it's too it's too complex their world and how they function and, and experienced beekeepers don't even like this new stuff all the time like nature is too complex of a system for a human for us human species to replicate so yeah so my my message is to just go out there learn to love nature and um if you have something urgent that you want to see like make sure you see it and experience it for all its bliss because you never know when it could be facing any danger so at the top of the mountain anyway we got pictures it was stunning it was beautiful and kind of walked around and then after we decided to come back down the mountain and i decided i would walk back i was like what 15 dollars for a horse another 15 to go back i was like i'll walk but in the end the driver actually was super kind and he said to me halfway down he was like do you want the horse and i was like i don't mind i don't really mind like whatever so he gave me the horse and I was delighted with myself. So I had a rope and had the horse. And yeah, it was just amazing. And I, I remember recording a video with him. And we were like, hello, welcome to Rainbow Mountain. And yeah, it was just amazing. Uh, it was just the most beautiful time. And then like something just out of this world happened. Like the whole sky covered over in grey. And then just thunder lightning snow the whole thing and the whole landscape changed completely from blue skies mineral rich brightly colored mountain to this this white covered scenery i was like whoa and you'll see in my book if you have it there um the pictures of it from the two different landscapes it's just like 
and the guy was like you're so lucky like to see it in these two lights as well to have nobody on the mountain uh, we were just like what you know like we were like whoa like maybe it was worth it to go up in the evening and to be like uh oh you know maybe it's a bit dangerous to go up so late but we took a risk and it paid off and sometimes when you take a risk it does but um we did actually meet a couple of french kind of they were like athletes or something up there but they were like they did come up like maybe four or five of them and they were really loud <laughs> and i remember thinking oh my god be quiet like i just want to enjoy this mountain and they were like well hey, we got to the mountain we got to the tower <laughs> and i was like shut up <laughs> Uh, I was just like in my zen peaceful moment and they were like shouting and stuff but sure you know what they were like happy with the triumph and it was like a little competition for them I think um, but yeah they were the only people we met um, so yeah we got to the end eventually and the guy was like give me back the horse now if you want so I trotted a bit more and I was like boom ba boom ba boom ba boom and I was talking away to my horse and like I didn't even have proper reins I just had one rope so I wasn't even sure how to go left or right I was trying to use my heels um yes that was hilarious um but he didn't i'm sure those horses go up there five million hundred times so they know the route but yeah we got back anyway he's like give me the horse before we get down before they charge you a second time so i was like cool thanks so much for looking after me here's the horse um so yeah so that night then we went back to Cusco, and then the whole way home um the guide or the taxi driver slash guide was telling me all about the history of Cusco. And how, you know, it was the the centre of the Incan Empire and um, how the Spanish conquest came and how the Spanish were doing really, really, really bad things to the the Inca civilization And um, yeah, and I just was like kind of translating all of that then with the... Uh, with the with the couple in the car so it was really fun and, and I loved doing that on my trip like I was just becoming a guide in random locations and it got me to learn more it actually helped me with my lexicology and the language barrier and just helping in general you know so that was really nice and um I did actually end up getting the tour or the day out kind of for free because the couple were just like yeah you know um no bothers like they wanted to pay for the day and um well to be honest when I did get back the guy did want he was asking me for like 50 dollars or something and I was like what but like you know sometimes this does happen like you'll agree on a price like we had agreed a hundred dollars and then sometimes they might like they like there are people out there they will try to get more and I was just like no like I'm not giving you 50 dollars you know so you you do have to be strict on your your deals and don't be fooled you know because they see you well i'm not going to say they like all of them it's just some people might try that so you do have to be careful especially when you're alone as well and sometimes people might take advantage and i was just like i'm not paying the 50 dollars you know it was 100 it was agreed on and that was it but um yeah so and I thought I thought to myself what's the worst that's gonna happen like is he really gonna try and call the cops or something I was like doubt it not on a tourist but I just didn't think it was fair because we made a deal and all of it you know anyways I got to my Airbnb eventually that night I ended up getting the the hotel to book a taxi it was like 10 o'clock at night I was really late because I got stuck in all this traffic and I remember thinking like, oh my God, like, please get me there safely. And like, you're always kind of like, 
I was really worried that night because it was super dark. I was in a new city. I didn't really know where the Airbnb was. I didn't really know where they were even going to answer at that hour of the night, you know. But eventually I found it and the taxi man actually kind of helped me where it was. But yeah, I was kind of nervous because there was all these gates of houses and I was like, oh my God, like, am I right? Is he going to leave me all off in the middle of the estate? You know. Um. So yeah. So I eventually got there, thank God, and I found my room. And the lady was like, oh, you have to check out by nine in the morning because there's somebody coming. And I was like, no, don't tell me that. Because I was just wanting a really nice rest. And yeah, that didn't happen. But they were lovely. They really welcomed me. And they were like, you can stay as long as you want in the house. Just we need to get you out of the room. And I was like, no bothers. Um, and the breakfast was lovely. They had lovely like bread and uh, jams and stuff. And they still have me on WhatsApp, you know, just really lovely family a mother who was running the airbnb so they're really lovely and and they were doing like renovations upstairs like in the daughter's part of the house and stuff and they brought me up they were showing me that you know like family like kind of people and i used to love that on my trip you know because even when the taxi man tried to get me like tried to get money out of me like you know i end up then with this gorgeous family who were amazing and you know it always works out in the end you know um, but then eventually I had to book a new place and it was like another Airbnb again and I stayed with a guy called Yudi and I'm actually still friends with him and he was so lovely and he did me a really good deal I used to do like $10 a night for a double bedroom but like there was nowhere like it was completely empty so um, yeah and I made friends I went there then like the next evening and made friends with like the the staff in there like the cleaning staff and they were just so lovely and we got really friendly and yeah and Cusco is amazing so my next uh, idea was to get to Machu Picchu so I thought like you know I'll have a couple of days rest or just kind of explore Cusco a little bit um loads of tourists there like I was like whoa backpackers everywhere um and I went to explore the markets where the locals were and I used to make friends with all the local um Peruvian kind of farmers and I, I used to like go to them nearly every day like and, and get kind of deals with them and you know they got to know me and I used to go to the the locals market then you know and I'd have my lunch or my dinner and you know it'd be like two dollars or something like that and like they really got to know me and they were so kind with me and it's really funny because like down the road there was like you know kind of like a tourist market where you would get like the same dish and it was like 18 dollars and I was like this is crazy like and and you really see how you know budgeting your trip can be done like if you just ask where are the locals going where are the locals eating and, and that's what I wanted like I wanted to be with the locals I didn't want to be with the tourists you know and like I just had the most beautiful encounters and even now like when I think about it like how friendly they were with me and how I could just sit down with them for like two hours over lunch and we'd chat and I would tell them things that they would never have known otherwise you know and I got to know this really lovely family at one stall there was four women working in there and I'd go in and I'd have my, I'd have my arroz and and um frijoles and huevo so it was like eggs and beans and rice and it's only like two dollars like you'd have juice and like they'd be like oh come back and visit us tomorrow and 
they'd even like let me sit there longer than my meal like they'd want they just wanted to talk with me you know and I'd meet their children and yeah it's just really lovely um and just the most sweetest farmers then with selling their fruits and I remember walking around the markets and I'd have little llamas on leashes and I'd be like what is that llama like an alpaca on a leash <laughs> the funniest thing ever but anyway my next thing anyway was getting a good uh voyage to Machu Picchu so I started like to walk around the town and just visit like local tour operators um because you know I was always like oh I'll do the trip myself I'll figure it out but I figured like Machu Picchu was quite out the way I'd been reading like different reviews on people hiking and not getting the train and all these sorts of bits and I was like god this seems a bit like hmm a little bit complex so maybe I'm gonna have to just book a tour and figure it out but I did in the end I got a really good deal like a really really good deal and um I ended up like booking a bus uh on a morning and they collected me from uh like the town and I was able to leave my luggage as well in my hostel I was like look will you keep my luggage for the night because you wouldn't you don't want to trek with like two bags like that's just mental so I left my luggage with Yuri in the hostel um and that was fantastic and so the bus collected me up in the town I walked up in the morning you know it was like 5 6 a.m really early start and uh I kind of like just the day before prepared like put loads of snacks and all of that because you don't know like you're hiking for that day then you're hiking the next day and then yeah you're coming back the following night then so it's like yeah it's tough going um if you do it kind of the more strenuous way I suppose because a lot of people would buy like a train ticket um and I remember looking up the trains and they were like a hundred and something dollars and I was like you know what like I'll just hike it because like the hike looks amazingly beautiful and obviously the train does too but come on we want to do it not do it the hard way but it just feels better when you kind of have that sense of triumph I guess because you've hiked it you know so I took off on the bus that morning with a load of other backpackers it was we had just the most fun on the bus like we had a micro one of the lads had like kind of like a microphone it was so funny and there was a group of lads from Argentina then there was a Braz- like I was on the bus and I got really friendly with a Brazilian and a girl from the US and yeah we just so much fun but there was loads of people from Argentina and they had a mic and they were just the best crack ever like they, we had on all these songs like reggaeton all of it and they were just like tell us your name where you're from and what you're looking forward to um it was just so fun we were driving all along the mountain hills and the scenery was amazing and god we were in stitches the whole way but yeah so we eventually got to a town called um Aguas Calientes um kind of like hot waters um and we had our lunch there when we arrived and it was lovely and then we set off for our hike so on the tour then like they included the lunch and all those bits so we set off on the hike then which was about must have been at least three hours like I can't remember exactly because we were stopping as well for photos even at one point there was like a huge there's a huge kind of canyon river like a valley and across the way there's all these houses and the the trees and it's super cool like and there was like this kind of transporter kind of seat on a rope and we just were like let's just let's go on that let's have a go so we like sat into it and we got like kind of rolled out I was with 
Felipe, one of the Brazilian guy and another girl. And I got rolled out into the middle of the river and I was above in this little seat. And it was just like, like you wouldn't want to be afraid of heights. Because <laughs> like there was no, it was just like a tray seat. Like there was a drop, complete drop. So that was quite fun. A uh, bit of adrenaline. So I got got roped, rolled back in then kind of on the rope. And uh, we carried on the hike. And we eventually got to the town below Machu Picchu. And they were like, look, we're splitting all the group up into other groups. So this was like, you know, in the evening, like six o'clock or something. And we were just like, oh, my God, what kind of accommodation are we going to get? I was like, oh, my God, I hope it's going to be OK. But eventually, anyway, we got a bedroom. We were really happy with it. Uh, I went in with the girl from the US and we had a, like a twin room. And Philippe was in a room next to us. And um, yeah, it was fantastic. And we had dinner that night dinner was included in the tour all of us sat down together so we really got to know each other as a group and just hang out and yeah our dinner was like that night and then we went back and they were like right we're getting up at like you know half four in the morning and I was like oh my god get the coffee ready <laughs> um because we had to hike like immediately in the morning just I got up had a coffee some people didn't even eat like and the hotel were like look we'll give you a packed breakfast so we had like biscuits and I don't know juice or something but yeah it wouldn't be too substantial like you know so you kind of want to put stuff in your bag for fuel but yeah I did like to be honest I didn't sleep much that night because you know we had our dinner like really late even some people I don't know how they had drinks but I was like we're hiking in the morning so like definitely not for getting up before 4am and um yeah so like we got up that morning and we started hiking immediately I was like super excited I was like yo let's go match Picchu and some people actually took the bus so we left like an hour earlier to do the hike these steps there must have been hundreds of steps like vertically up to the top and uh, some people got a bus on the windy kind of hill um, again like you know you can do it as easy or as hard as you want you can take the train if you want you can take the bus up if you want or you can do it the other way um, but I more enjoyed the experience. So the steps on the way up were like, like they were kind of tucked in like nice trees. So like it kept it cool a little bit because it was roasting, especially climbing the steps. Um, yeah. And one of the guys, it was so funny. He was like, oh my God. He was like, because I was, I was flying up. Like I was fueled, like I had a coffee and I was like, I'm going to go up as fast as I can, like a lightning. And the guy was like, oh my God, you're like a machine. <laughs> I was laughing. He was like, are all the women in Ireland like this? I was like, I'll take that as a compliment. So, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's funny. But, you know, keeping the fitness up, you know, it's important. Um, little did you know, I was, I had a back, I was walking with a backpack, like two bags on me for a year. So I think I'd built my fitness up. So like imagine doing that without the two bags, you know, well, one small bag I had. Yeah, took a lot of the weight off, do you know what I mean? So I was able to fly up 20 kgs less, you know. Um, so, yeah, we eventually got up the top and we met our guide. We met all the other people for the hike and we set off for the day. So we had a guide taking us around and telling us all about, you know, the old Incan Empire, um, the civilization that lived there and just how amazingly it was built. Like, they built it in such a way that the rocks are so finely, tightly 
stuck together that you couldn't even get a blade of a knife through like it's incredible the architecture uh it's it just would blow your mind and like they didn't have machinery then like so imagine they were trekking up that mountain with those rocks i'm just like how like how they did it i don't know you know and it's up it's on top of two tectonic fault lines so like it's just crazy like i'm i still like i'm like what is machu picchu like how did they do it and you know the spanish who invaded many of those countries like apparently like machu picchu was kind of out of reach or they it was like a hidden gem they never found it so it still stands today you know so it's a pretty great um it's a like a preserved artifact in a way do you know um but in Quechua, the old kind of Indian language, it means um, old mountain. And the same for the rainbow mountain in, in the Quechua language, it means coloured mountain. So that would have been one of the old languages there. Um, so it is a UNESCO site, as you may know, and one of the new seven wonders of the world. So, yeah, it's pretty phenomenal. And I would recommend you if you go to Peru to go there for a hike. Some people they even do like um, a week hike or five days or something. And they go across different landscapes and huts and campsites. And you can even stay with traditional folk. But, you know, this kind of stuff needs to be booked in advance. Um, like for me, I did a day trip again. Well, you know, it was a few days in total because I did the hiking and the, the overnight stay and the dinner. But like... I was able to do that last minute but like booking a full week like you're kind of looking at you know you do have to book that in advance as well with the train tickets in advance so you do need to be prepared <laughs> but definitely go and visit it and like when we were up there I just like being with a guide is amazing but I also was like I just want to explore this on, on my own so like me and the girl we just were like let's let's just leave the group and go off on our own and get photos and we did we left them and Felipe came as well actually but like we were like you know let's just leave and go explore ourselves and it was totally worth it and then we met the group at the very end of the tour and yeah <laughs> we were like hi nice to see you again but it was amazing to just go around on our own kind of look at the walls the temples the views around it like insane but then like you know coming towards one o'clock like if a certain number of hours in there it was just getting really 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 busy and I was just like I think I'm ready to go and like basically we got out of there then I got my passport stamped with the lovely Machu Picchu picture and you know name and you know hiked back to the town got the bags and then um oh no I had my bag on me sorry but after that we hiked back to the village where we got the bus which was again about three four hours and I'll never forget arriving we were just exhausted like ready to fall down and the heat as well the heat was so strong and then you're just passing people on the train and you're like I just want to be on the train but it's definitely worth it 100% but we got back and we had a gorgeous dinner felt totally revitalized after that and then our bus came and we got back on the bus and you know there was like a few hours back to Cusco back to my hostel and that night I slept like a log you know and it was amazing really was a phenomenal experience
loads of hiking, loads of nature, and seeing the last city of the Incas. So very, very, very interesting indeed. So guys, on the kind of more current life situation, and this week I've been doing loads of uh, outdoor work. The weeds are popping up everywhere, um, but you know, I'm, I'm trying to keep on top of it. Um, but to anybody out there who's growing and trying to tackle the weeds, I feel you. Um, I know there are loads of methods to prevent weeds, so I'm, I'm looking into this as well. If you have any tips, let me know. But right now I'm kind of by hand and, and just ordinary, you know, tools. Um, but this is the joy of the natural world when you don't use sprays, which is like, you know, sometimes like I say to the farmers, like, stop spraying. But then they're like, Kate, how are we going to feed 10 billion people? Like we don't have enough like growing everything organic isn't possible when there's two when the the planet is over surplus with people like who's going to feed them with organic you know because it takes a lot more work in a way but i know there are methods out there that are less strenuous but we just need to come together and you know use the solutions that we have you know um but yeah loads of stuff are coming up the rhubarb is just booming and lettuce as always strawberries are gorgeous at the moment super just juicy and lovely and i've loads of kale different varieties of kale on the go and even yesterday i was weeding i spotted my broccoli coming up and i've spotted my rainbow carrots coming along so i've never done rainbow carrots before so i'm really excited about them um but yeah and then just covering with like uh what you call it um kind of like uh, a sleeve or a sheet kind of with bars over some of the the drills of the veg because like the birds are coming in and they're having a few pecks and I'm like get off my crops <laughs> but um yeah but uh, and thank you as well to my patrons who have shared with me their uh, growing and their uh, lovely pictures um, of their veggies I really love seeing them and it's lovely to share the experience together and get more people seeing what real food is and that like you know what I find so interesting is like when you wake up to like the reality of what we are doing with food production globally like it's crazy that like you know every food in the supermarket contains nearly chemicals and then and then it's like the organic stuff that must be labeled and I'm like imagine a world where like we had to label the food with the chemicals that are in them like I'd be like oh my god like what you know so wherever you can guys like if you can buy organic buy local produce um yeah uh because it's um it's so important that we feed our bodies with uh real food that's coming from the soil and, and that all contains the bacteria and all the stuff we need you know not stuff that's fabricated you know artificially that's not what we need um and it works you know simba it works in the gut and it works through the brain and like at a level where we may not even comprehend like you know cellular like there's a reason the food is coming out of the ground uh you know it works with our biology as well whereas like when you buy stuff that's essentially fake like that's not doing any good for you that's just my opinion but you know what I mean each to their own see how you feel when you eat different foods but all I would say is support local buy local 
and buy organic where you can. Um, on the bee front, I've been doing loads of work, loads of beekeeping, and it's been an amazing experience. Uh, we were splitting hives last week because there's new queens being born, and to avoid the colonies running away with the queen, um, we've been like putting them into new boxes and splitting them. So I'm sure some of you have seen the footage on Instagram, and I hope you liked it. Uh, I love educating and sharing the learning experience and the journey of the beekeeping because you know I'm new to it as well but I'm picking it up and I'm reading nearly every day about it um, different books and stuff and I'm really loving it and learning all about the beautiful bee and how important it is um, so yeah guys and I'm also reading like a really lovely book Climate Justice by uh, Mary Robinson which is super interesting and kind of a lot of the I share a lot of you know the the feelings that she had when she visited her tri you know tribal people like different people all around the world facing climate justice you know it's um an amazing book i'd recommend it um but i definitely feel everything she's saying you know like 70 percent of food production like is food that we get is like is coming from small scale farms in asia and africa like that's crazy do you know and then they're not paid it's not ethical like you know and the majority of those who are farming it are women you know women are holding those communities it's incredible like the backstory behind our food and as well like something really interesting it's all about the women now but you know the hive like the hive is 95 percent female you know there are a few drones in there but like the work has been done by the women <laughs> sorry this is power to the women this week so like you know women are doing great work that's all i'm gonna say so power to the women um yeah and what i found really interesting as well is in the beekeeper world that the majority are actually male which is another interesting thing um i was looking at some stats on that um over 60 percent or something are male beekeepers something like that yeah really interesting guys um so yeah so a final note a thank you to the patrons um who are my sponsors really uh, as I don't have a, you know, a financial sponsor. Uh, if you like my work and want to see it, uh, and want to support it and see it grow, um, becoming a patron is uh, a way to do this. And you can just go to patreon.com slash to contribute. And I really appreciate it, uh, all the support that I have so far. I wouldn't be here without you guys. I really, really wouldn't at all you know so like thank you for allowing me to share this important message and thank you for helping me to keep it going um i do appreciate each and every one of you on there um you know who you are and if you have any messages just message away and i'll get back to you as soon as i can uh once i'm not out in the garden <laughs> pulling my weeds um but yeah and any shares or reviews on Apple Podcast. I really appreciate it. I read every one of them. And they mean so much to me. And just sharing it with a friend even. Uh, means a lot. Because um, we need more of this message out there. We need more of the planet out there. Because now is the time we need to act. Not in the future when we're facing. We could be facing other. Uh, you know. Inevitable. Like event, you know avoidable situations so now is the time that we share the knowledge and get people on the planetary you know conservation buzz so guys i wish you a beautiful day enjoy there's a heat wave here this weekend enjoy um your weekend 
and uh, a big hug from me talk soon ciao